this up a little bit later, but some parts of your journey where you focused a lot on, you know, visualization and these various things that a lot of people might sleep on, but I personally believe that those make a huge difference in the process. Um, and the belief that you're going to be a professional athlete is one of those. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's, um, I do a lot of visualization and, um, I work with a mind coach, um, Joshua Manuel, and he's, uh, it's the fight mindset. He's, I always say the guy's like a, a phenomenal guy. He's helped me so much. Um, we've been working since I've been in the UFC. Um, I think we started working back in 2016 wow. and every fight we, um, it's almost like, a hypnosis. So he, yeah. he puts me into these deep trances. We, we Josh Emmett, thank you so much for joining us on yep. the Let's Talk Me Once podcast. Yep. Um, I'm Kira. This is Nathan. Yep. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it, you guys. Um, like you said, my name's Josh Emmett. Um, you know, I'm a UFC fighter. It's a, I'm a professional athlete. I still say I'm ranked six in the world. They just flip flop the guy in front of me. <laughs> so now I'm at seven. They just kind of play these games and and manipulate the rankings based on people who they they want um, to match up. But um, yeah, I've just been, uh, I'm just an ordinary person, just like anyone else. I just chose this, this profession. You know, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I grew up playing sports my whole life. I, I wrestled through college. I was a huge fan of MMA uh, before it was mainstream. And I, I just thought I could do really well at it. You know, there was really nothing left for me after wrestling in college. Um, I, I could train for the Olympics, but that just you know, I was burned out on wrestling and, and I probably wouldn't have made it to the Olympics. You know, I wasn't at that level of wrestling. Um, so I was like, Hey, let's just, let's hop into MMA. I'm, I'm from Sacramento. So I'm just super fortunate that one of the best gyms for the lighter weights in the world was built in my backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's Uriah Faber. He, yeah. he opened, um, ultimate fitness in 2005 and I was wrestling at Sac city college at the time. It was my second year. Um, and he, he came into one of our, our meets and he was passing out flyers to his gym. And, you know, I looked at that and I was like, after this season's up, I'm going to go in there and, you know, try to, try to fight, you know, see, see how I, how I, how I do and, and see if I like it. So I started taking classes, you know, just general classes at his gym. And, um, I think he saw a lot of potential in me. So he came up to me maybe like three months in and just asked if I was interested in fighting. And I was like, yeah, that's why I'm here. Um, so he invited me to some pro practices and I, I started doing those. Um, but at the time I, um, I got offered to go wrestle um, at Menlo College. So, you know, I, I did that for about six months and then I thought, man, maybe I should go away to school, um, get my degree just in case the fighting doesn't work out for me. Smart. And, I'll, I'll wrestle at the four-year level. So in my mind, it was all part of my plan. I'm like, yeah. I'll get better at wrestling, which will transfer over to, to the fight game, yeah. you know, just at a higher level. So, um, you know, I went away for three years from 2007 to 2010, got my degree um, in psychology. And, uh, you know, you could say I'm not using my degree at all, but maybe I am just it's a, fighting's a mental game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the only things I ever wanted to do um, since I was a young child is be a professional athlete or be a police officer. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, when I was thinking about professional athlete, I was thinking about football, basketball, yeah. something like that. I wasn't thinking about fighting. Yeah. Um, but, but here I am today and, and I feel, you know, I'm, I'm good at what I do. I got into the sport a little later than most. Um, but I'm also, you know, I, I'm in so deep. So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah. uh, you know, to achieve being my goal, like my ultimate goal is being a world champion. And there's a, a few people in front of me in the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm like obsessed with things when I, when I want things, like I don't stop until I get it. So I'm not going to stop until I get, um, that world title around my belt. Yeah. I believe it. Manifestation in action. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's kind of, that's something I focus on a lot is manifestation. And so to hear you say, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, a professional athlete and here you are a professional athlete. I know that sounds very simplistic, but I know there's been, and I want to bring this up a little bit later, but some parts of your journey where you focused a lot on, you know, visualization and these various things that a lot of people might sleep on. But I personally believe that those make a huge difference in the process. Um, and the belief that you're going to be a professional athlete is one of those. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's, um, I do a lot of visualization and, um, I work with a mind coach, um, Joshua Manuel, and he's, uh, it's the fight mindset. He's, I always say the guy's like a, a phenomenal guy. He's helped me so much. Um, we've been working since I've been in the UFC. Um, I think we started working back in 2016. Wow. And every fight, we um, it's almost like a hypnosis. So he yeah. he puts me into these deep trances. We we visualize things from every aspect. Like I could go like down the rabbit hole and mm -hmm. tell you exactly like some of the things we do. But it's it's really wild and it and it, it helps me so much. So like I've when I get to the fight, I've been there so many times. Yeah, I've won. I've seen it um, all these different ways. And a lot of things that like I get these big finishes, like I visualize the exact same thing. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. sounds crazy, but it's like yeah. we have like the recordings before the fight exactly how I'm going to finish these guys like like the michael johnson fight the the llamas fight like i i hit them and i i see them just falling over like a tree and mm -hmm. i walk away and that's exactly what happened in the fights and this okay. is what we're like preparing for and going through in our in our minds and obviously i go through um yeah just dip, just every outcome basically like yeah. every outcome i get my hand raised but i go through all the scenarios whether i'm in a bad position then i get to a good, good position and, and just different ways to win so it's huge and you have to have a, a strong, strong belief. And yeah. that's something that I feel like I possess. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's yeah that's sure. amazing. Yeah. I would, I was going to ask you too. Um, do you, is visualization and hypnosis something you just do with your mindset coach or do you have practices you do on your own as well? Yeah. So I, I've always done that before I've worked with my mind coach, like visualization. So, yeah. um, yeah, just, so, so I grew up, my, my mom's a naturopathic doctor. Right. So I grew up like, um, you know, when I was a child, I never ate processed stuff. My mom made everything from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the time when I was like, like a child, I'd go to my yeah. friends' houses and they would have all these, you know, soda in their their fridge <laughs> yeah. and all like these like, you know, just like fruit snacks. And I always wanted that, but it's like I appreciate it now. Um, but but my mom was always into like Eastern medicine and meditation and stuff like that. So that's something that I've I've always kind of practiced mm -hmm. from a young age in all sports. Um, and even one of the things um, you've you've probably heard of, like floating. So of ca capital floats. Yep. Uh, they have one in Auburn. They have one down in Sacramento and yep. Oak Park on Broadway. Um, th that's something I love to do. It's a deprivation yeah. tank. So I would I would float and I would just like I go over things uh, in my mind too. Like it's kind of like what I do with my mind coach. But this is before I was like working with him when I was on the regional scene, um, just 
just going through every scenario I possibly could, but I'm always coming out winning, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I feel like I have my my mentality is something else. It's just it's different from most. It's like I'm I'm willing to go through kind of hell. Like I always say it, I'm I'm willing to go through hell as long as I get my hand raised and and, and I'm preparing my my mind and my body um before my fights just like it, it anything could happen you know it's it's a yeah. dangerous sport i don't sure. feel like it's a hobby it's uh you can seriously get hurt there's been people that have died there's mm-hmm. you know or seriously injured so but i'm but i'm you know it's what i signed up for and it's it's yeah. it's what i'm willing to to put my body through as long as i can like achieve greatness and set up my family and friends uh for the future so yeah. right. my, my mentality is on a on another level yeah so what is on on the topic of like preparation what are things that you like say that you would swear by? Like, obviously you mentioned floating. We're big fans of floating too. Um, But in mindset work, obviously, and running through all that, but like nutrition and, you know, what is like kind of your go-to system, I guess, for preparing? Yeah. So it's, um, I finally have like the best team. I I, like my team and I'm not talking about team alpha male. It's just like my team, I have uh, the nutrition and everything, every, like that. everything. Yeah. So it's like not only my, you have to have a good support system. And I feel like I have one of the best support systems yeah. with obviously my wife, my, my best friends, all my friends and family. Um, but it's, I work with one of the best dietitian in the, in the country. Um, it's perfecting athletes. Um, Paulina, Dr. Michelle, Denise, they're, um, they were the dietitians for the USA boxing team. And, and they're, they do a lot of like Chinese herbs. Um, and it's just, I, I follow their meal plan so strict. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no cheating on that. Um, because I have to come down from such a, you know, a, a higher weight, I would yeah. say to get down to featherweight. Yeah. Um, they, especially during camp, like a, say an eight week camp, they, they check in with me almost like daily or every other day, uh, see how my energy levels are, see how I'm like sleeping, just like the whole nine yards. Yeah. And, um, if things aren't going as great, or maybe I just don't have as much energy or I say this, then we just constantly are, they're manipulating my, my diet and everything's like time before uh, workouts, after workouts, like, um, during like, so I just, I, I stick to that for a a solid eight weeks. I just take it day by day. I say it's, um, it's almost like, and this is maybe it's not similar, but I always say it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like an alcoholic or something. Like you take it day by day. I do the same thing with, um, you know, my diet, because it's hard, like anybody could do it, but the, <laughs> it's the discipline, the, the, right? Yeah. It's the discipline, yeah. discipline and determination and everything consistency, like you have to stick to it. And so I wake up, it's like, do I want to do that? No, but I have to, because like the yeah. world's going to like see me perform and there's no cheating that no, like yeah. your, your workout, your, your diet, your regimen, because if, you know, if, if you're not putting in the work before the fight, like it's going to show in front of the world, you know? Right. And, and that's one of the things that I always say, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to let anyone embarrass me or beat me up in front of my fans or friends and family in front of the world. So right. I just day by day, I wake up and I'm like, you know, I, I have my schedule mapped out, um, the whole camp. And I just look at my phone, I see what my schedule is. And I just follow that to the T and like right. eating, like just everything recovery. Um, workouts with my, you know, you're going back to what gets me prepared. So it's my dietitian, it's my mind coach, it's my, my team, like all our, mm-hmm. our teammates help each other. And then like my main coaches, uh, Joey Rodriguez, Chris Holdsworth, Danny Castillo, 
like we're doing one-on-ones constantly throughout the week uh my, my strength coach darren um and then obviously I'm, I'm doing all my recovery like i'm floating i'm doing the red light therapy i go to restore hyper wellness uh, they have cryotherapy red light they have all the compression uh so many other things that they offer and it's just i'm obsessed like that that's all i do for the 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 period of uh the camp until mm -hmm. i can get to the fight so i always peak at the right time and then i'll, I'll fight and uh then there's like a huge sense of relief lifted off my shoulders after i get my hand raised and uh i can enjoy some time with my my wife and friends and family and you know eat and indulge and, and go travel <laughs> finally yes yeah. um I have one more here on this yeah. topic so before let's like go back to like before that you had the access to all of these things right the whole team um what what did you kind of do to prepare back then where when you maybe you didn't have as much access or resources no maybe not as much money right because all these things cost a lot of money um yeah, yeah what was that kind of like for you yeah I, I thought i did well you know for the most part i i i did pretty well but then now i've just dialed things in even yeah. more with um being able to have access to like you know the, the dietitian team but i'm just fortunate in in a aspect that even though i didn't have money to afford these type of things i have like a, a big network and, and yeah. a big um close close group of friends so i i had the access mm -hmm. and, and i had people that you know all these therapists and, and doctors that they've been helping me out you wow. know and even they, they've been helping me out because maybe they saw potential in me they they just kind of wanted to help me and they wanted to see me uh get there and achieve some of the goals that i i, I set out uh to achieve you know mm -hmm. so i, I do it, it's hard for some people that they're getting into the sport they don't have you know access to these they don't have the money um so so i was just kind of fortunate in that sense but i but i will like help help people that don't have the access i'm always like telling people hey i, I have a guy that does this mm -hmm. that does that yeah. like i'm like anything you need like whatever it is i'm like just ask me i know somebody that does it you know yeah. and, yeah. and a lot of times that uh, i can i can help some of these uh younger fighters out or athletes yeah that's amazing that's solid i think it really comes down to it's not about your net worth but your network right this 100%. is your hometown and having the access to these people even though you don't have the resources it definitely gives you that advantage even when you were first starting that's that's solid man that's awesome yeah no 100 percent, and that's how it's always been you know and, and i feel like you know a lot of people they they say like oh i don't even you know like they can't even they only have a few good friends like they can count on their fingers like i don't have enough fingers or toes that like, <laughs> i have like really like a close group of friends that mm -hmm. like I know any moment, like I always say it too, like I could call them and I know I could count on so many people and yeah. a lot of people don't have that, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and I would be there for them as well. So I think that's why I do have that. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think there's also something to be said about someone's energy. Like you have a very grounded and like trustworthy energy already. I'm a big energy feeler, right? I can tell immediately if I'm like, yes, this person is someone that I could see myself like connecting with in some way. And I think a lot of people um might underestimate that as like a human tendency but we all are reading energy all the time right so just it's a testament to your energy and like what you bring to the table that you you say like you have all of these people that are like your solid friends and like lots of connections because i'm sure they're feeling that too you know yeah um and even going back to like my mom you know being 
you know, growing up the way I did, it's like yeah. all about like, you know, energy and yeah. aura and all this thing. So mm -hmm. it's like, no, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause anytime someone tells me like, this might sound kind of weird, but I'm like, oh, I've heard it all. I've, I grew up this way. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of paid off for me and it, it, it's nice. It's, well, some people like people that get to know me, you know, they'll be like, I can't believe you're a fighter. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just what I do. Like I always, I don't, like to fight you know yeah. I, I don't like it but it's like I'm good at it I'm mm -hmm. I'm in too deep like I said and uh it's just yeah it's just a profession you know yeah but but I but I love the lifestyle that's yeah. uh, don't get me wrong like I, I love you know getting my hand raised I love like just living a healthy clean lifestyle and that's like year round and I get yeah. it I, I have freedom when I'm not fighting you know what right. I mean when I'm mm -hmm. fighting I'm just I have to be um kind of selfish in a sense where which I feel kind of bad, but it's like my wife's always like, you have to say no, but I, I it's hard for me to say no. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I, but I have to be selfish. I, I have to miss like, you know, birthday parties. I have to miss events. I have to do all these things just, especially in camp. But when I'm not in camp, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever. Yeah. And I think also something that like, if you're not a UFC fan, or even if you are, a lot of people assume that the UFC, as I did when I wasn't familiar with it, is this like aggressive, like dog eat dog thing. And like, obviously it can be, it's like, very gladiator-esque, but also there's so many people in the UFC, this is like the nuance of it, who are like deep, grounded, humble people mm -hmm. who are really just trying to provide for their family and make a difference. And I feel like the people who are more in that like dog-eat-dog -dog energy, I don't give a fuck about anybody else but myself, are the minority. Yeah. And it seems like everybody else, these good-hearted people are the majority. So that tells me there's like more nuance to it in the UFC than just like, oh, these people are beating the shit out of each other. So I said, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, a lot of people in the MMA, I guess, yeah, community and just fighters in general, they're they're highly educated, they're good people, but there are those, those I don't know, I guess you call them lunatics or a little, they're a little crazy. Um, but yeah, but that's in everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of great people and um, yeah, I, there's a lot of people that look up to us and children and stuff. So it's like, I try to, you know, be a good role model, give people hope because at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, it's like, we're just regular people, just like you guys and everybody right. else. But I think people's perception of us is different. You know right. what I mean? It's like, you know, I, I, I go to some places and there's people like, oh, what are you doing here? like same thing you are like at the grocery store <laughs> yeah. or something like i got a shop like you know what i mean yeah. but it's oh uh or, or or people just think that because some of us are on, or we're on tv and stuff like that they think that like we have all this money and stuff but it's not at all like that it's like it you know especially getting into the sport like it's it's a, a brutal way to earn a living Absolutely, yeah. um and, and there's not a lot of money involved like you can make more money if you say you fought you know once a year and you were, you know, you're making your debut and you lost, that's, yeah. that's like nothing. And then taxes and all the fees and everything right. that come with it, you can make more at McDonald's in a few months, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but when you get to like the higher level and you get in these second sets of contracts and third and fourth and that you can start making like a, a decent living, it's still not like on the level like Conor McGregor and Masvidal and all the right. ideas, like, mm -hmm. you know, these superstars of the sport um, and the champions getting crazy pay, but um, if you keep winning and the fans like you, then a lot of people can uh, get to that level, and and it is there's there are opportunities to be to be made in the sport. But a lot yeah. of guys are great guys in the sport. Yeah. Would you uh, on the topic of like pay and 
benefits and things like that. I listen to Joe Rogan a lot and I, I kind of hear his perspective on things. He does a lot of like stem cell. Um, I don't know what it's called therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, wondering like, is there any protection for fighters like coming out of, cause like, okay, like you just said, when you're a brand, when you're a younger fighter and you're not making a lot of money, it takes a lot to recover, especially if you're injured. Um, not to mention potential like CTE and brain injuries. Is there any kind of like protection within the UFC for that? Yeah. So as far as, um, we're still independent contractors. So mm. when athletes fight and like actually fight, um, if anything happens in that fight, then the UFC will pay, you know, you're hundred percent covered. If you, if you injure yourself, you need a surgery, you need a treatment for a certain amount of time. Um, but outside of fighting um i think they actually just did something to where if you get hurt in practice um they will cover up to a a certain amount you mm. know but you you have to come up with like kind of a decent uh, or a higher copay you know just to initiate um the insurance but other than that like for me i, I don't have medical insurance you know what i mean which is kind of crazy i yeah. I, I don't have medical insurance that's um, absurd but, but when i fight <laughs> you know um, I'm covered, and, and fortunately, because you're talking about, like, brain injury and stuff, yeah. I, I've had some bad injuries. Um, you know, my, my debut in the UFC, I had, uh, and this goes back to my mentality as well, but it's like I had a compound fracture in my finger. Like, I had to hide it from the yeah. from the ref in order to continue to fight because um, there was nothing stopping me from getting my hand raised. And your bone was exposed, yeah. Yeah, sticking out. I thought <laughs> I lost my finger a few times. Um and I, you know, I had facial fractures. I, I broke my, my cheek, like my orbital just completely shattered. I had a, a lot of, um, um, vertigo and stuff like that from, from a fight that I didn't think I was ever going to be able to fight again, uh, just because it was so bad. Um, but again, I was fortunate from like the, the network that I, that I have and a lot of like high level therapists and doctors that they kind of took the, you know, they took the lead and they, they helped me and treated me and they, they sent me in the right direction to meet with other therapists in their field that were like top notch where I didn't get that from the UFC. I got it from yeah. my friends. Um, and then that's why I go shame. back to think about like the, the kids getting into this or don't have the access that right. I have. Yeah. Um, like I would have been completely lost. Like mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't have got better because I had the vertigo was like on another level, like with bones and stuff. I always say, you know, they'll heal over time. Um, mm -hmm. But like that was on another level. Like I couldn't even every time I'd sit up or lay down, like the room spinning. I feel mm -hmm. sick. I always say it was like being in the the middle of the ocean on a tiny boat during the worst oh storm. Yeah. Like the the floor is moving. Like I couldn't jog. I couldn't sit up. How am I gonna go train or go fight? You right. know. And I put and this was like 2018, and I just put like my whole life into this. And like I want to be you know a, a world champion. And I'm at the time I was ranked fourth in the world and I was so close. And then I thought it was just boom over, you know, I, and you take things for granted, but then luckily I, I got better. And then, um, I just had another huge injury. Um, in 2020, I, I tore my ACL in the first 19 seconds of the first round against a tough opponent and, uh, had to like battle through that and, and end up fight the whole fight. And then it took me 18 months to recover. And again, I going back to this, the, I, I had great, insurance you know from the ufc because i got injured i could have went anywhere in the country to do my my surgery like i was going to go down to la and see the guy i think his name's dr elitrage that did tom brady's knee and a lot of other wow. places but i ended up going um to another doctor that was highly 
recommended. He was one of the U.S. ski and snowboard doctors. Um, so I, I went to him, but I just didn't respond well to the surgery. So again, my I did the patellar tendon graft for the ACL reconstruction. For whatever reason, my patella tendon and my patella did not heal. So I was like four months post-op. I kept complaining about pain. They did another MRI and I had a huge hole in my kneecap and mm. the, the tendon was still torn. So luckily, <laughs> the same guy, Dr. Panero, who has his, um, he has a, a new um, office he just opened and it's like biologics and everything like that. It, stem cell therapy, he does everything. Like he's an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, he's helped me so much. Does PRP um, injections and helps so many other people, like all demographics. He took the lead again and we went in and did this stem cell therapy. So he drilled into my back my SI joints extracted the bone marrow and then injected them right into my knee and and tendon and um you know it, it started heal so that's why I was I was so it took me 18 months to come back from that that last injury but you know just from all the doctors and, and the physical therapist Russ Dunning from Kime like he's helped me tremendously over my career as well so it's like I just have all these people that I'm so grateful for like I don't know where I would be or like you know, maybe I wouldn't have come back from some of these injuries, yeah. like, um, because the UFC, they'll pay for stuff, but they have so many people on the roster as yeah. well, you know? So it's like, unless I'm, and maybe it could be partially my, my fault, not for, you know, reaching out to them as much, but I'm just like, I don't know what to do. You know, I've never right. had this happen. Um, as you get up in the, I guess you say rankings or you get more popular, then they'll, they'll take care of you. So they, they've been doing, you know, they've been doing good by me, I guess, because it's like, they'll, they'll take care of me. Like whatever you need, will take care of you. If, if the insurance, cause it's technically like a, um, I want to say like a worker's comp that they, they do. It's something similar to that. But if the, the particular, um, office doesn't take that, that insurance, like the UFC will just pay cash for it, you know, but fighters coming up or making their debut, yeah. maybe they're losing, they don't get that same treatment. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, so I know yeah. I kind of went off on that. But no, I, yeah, I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's we're here for the rabbit yeah. hole, anyways. <laughs> um, so I want to make a pivot into the UFC. Um, so we'll talk about like the fight from yesterday a little bit, but I wanted to because you talked about the uh, the facial injuries, the orbital, and you mentioned that was when you were fourth in the world. Was that the Jeremy Stevens fight in yeah. particular? Um, so, you know, you, you only have two losses, and one of them was from when you were going from, like, lightweight to feather, right? Mm -hmm. And then in that fight in particular, especially with the fight yesterday with Jan and Aljamain, it did look like there might have been an illegal knee on, on, on top of, like, the elbows. Do you, do you remember or recall, like, during that fight, was that an illegal knee? Do you feel like that played a part in how that fight finished? When, when I fought Stevens? Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the only thing, and, and, and I've talked about this in the past, like I, I feel like th there was 100% illegal elbows, there was a legal knee, but I, I'm not mad, like I wasn't mad at Jeremy Stevens, you know, it's it, it's a fight. It's like, a fight, yeah. The, the thing that upset me a little bit was like just the, the ref, and, and, and I'm, I'm over it, you know, but it's like, it's just the rules. Like yeah. the rules are in place for a reason. If you're not going to enforce or follow the rules, right. just say there's no rules and we can have pride rules, soccer mm -hmm. kick. Then I could, yeah. I could, when I, people forget, like I was beating you him. knocked him. Down. I, I knocked him down in the first round. Yeah. And then I was just thinking in my head, okay, this is a five round main event. I have to conserve my energy. Cause you know, I have four more rounds. I'm going to finish them in the second round. Yeah. But if there was no rules, I could have 
soccer kicked him in yep. the face and you know possibly won or done the same thing yeah. like pride rules but i was just upset at the time about the the ref you know because the legal knees or i mean elbows maybe that that's partially my fault because i'm i'm moving around so yeah. i'm moving my head yeah and so he's elbowing me in the back of the head but that didn't affect me it's just um the uh, illegal knee that was thrown and yeah. even though it wasn't like flush he it's still threw hit. it my hand i was all fours on my knees yeah. and hands on the the canvas and it hit me in the head and came back down didn't do damage but if the ref would have stopped it right then yeah like he should have mm -hmm. then it wouldn't have been the things that that followed up like yeah. with the big shot that put me down and then the two big elbows that like knocked me out and, yeah and broke my face and, yeah. and caused all the yeah all the um you know the vertigo but the thing is i feel like i'm like <laughs> in a good or bad way it's like a trendsetter um when i when i fought ricardo lamas he was ranked third in the world at the time mm -hmm. i took it on like a two and a half week notice in in winnipeg canada and in, in december i and no excuses i was sick on antibiotics i missed weight the first time i ever missed weight yeah in wrestling and fighting and i missed it by like like yeah, two, two and, and a half, half pounds. pounds yeah and usually they um uh, they weigh us when we get to the arena like an hour before we're going to fight too mm -hmm. so i was the lightest for that fight post you know cutting weight mm -hmm. um because my body was like shutting down like i had like pains in my oh, i was insane just because in in, in a three-week time frame I, I cut like 40 pounds already um but it was just this huge opportunity i only had one fight at featherweight mm -hmm. and you know I, I had to take it so i was like yeah. I, I basically leapfrogged the entire division. It was a huge, we were the co-main event on like Fox, when Fox was doing their thing, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so on like Fox 40 yeah. um, and you know, I, I missed weight. So I had to pay 30% of my purse yeah. to Lamas. That was the first time ever. Normally it's 20%. So like, yeah. that's like a, a new thing. So it's like, okay, I, I said a, a new thing. So everyone's asking for 30%, you know, 20 to 30%. And then with the Stevens fight, like after that, like that's the reason why you see they have, the replay now mm -hmm. they have that because of me and i was like well if someone uh if someone doesn't have to go through that again like okay even though it happened to me and it is what it is it's like at least maybe that can protect someone else from yeah you know that that protecting them or saving them or it, it's a big deal too because it's like when you you fight you get paid your show money and then if you win, you get paid the equal amount, yeah. you know? So it's yeah. like, that, that's kind of frustrating to me. It always yeah. has been just because it's like, I'm not trying to fight any harder. I'm always trying to finish the the opponent. And it's like, I'm like, like you go to work and, and you, you put, you bust your ass at work and then like, they only pay you half. It's yeah. Like, and that's just, yeah. it's, it's tough. I wish we got like lump sums, but mm -hmm. you know. Do you think when it comes down to that point, like when, an illegal action happens and a fighter is like not able to continue do you think the no contest would be the more right ruling for the fight in particular like that fight and then maybe even like uh Aljamain and Jan won yeah no no and I th I think so and that's where um like that loss that I have um I feel like it should have been a no contest yeah. because now they do have the instant replay and like Greg Hardy needs someone like months mm -hmm. after that happened to me and they, they DQ'd him and then they implemented the instant replay. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the, the Jan Sterling one, I feel like it was like, um, it was definitely an illegal knee for sure. And, and if the fighter can't continue, then there, it needs to be a no contest. Yeah. But I, I think there's a, I'd have to look at like the rule book, but I think in championship fights, if you go, beyond the third round mm -hmm. i think it's a different set of rules mm. like this actually happened to me in um on a regional scene and it got overturned so originally 
I was fighting for in Sacramento West Coast Fighting Championship. I was like their their lightweight champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fighting a guy, a five round fight, dominating him. I think in the fifth round, there was like three minutes left. I I kind of like rocked him and he shot in and I just it wasn't instinctual. Yeah, I just threw a knee. Yeah, but them looking. Um, the ref at the time, he thought it was an illegal knee because he shot and he thought his knee was down and um, they stopped the fight. And then I think the guy that I was fighting too, he he couldn't continue, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think partially, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe he knew like, okay, if I don't get back up, I was losing the fight clearly for five rounds. Right. Like he retains his yeah. belt. This is when he was a champion. I was fighting him. Um, and so the athletic commission actually looked at it they reviewed it and then overturned it so it was a no contest and then it went to a win a technical decision because we were in the championship rounds oh they should have went to the up until that point if it was before the third round like in the first or second round then it's a no contest yeah. after the third round it goes to who was winning the fight and gotcha. that's how they should score yeah, it so I, I think that sounded more fair too yeah like when you look at the yawn and the sterling uh the first fight like okay that was what round two mm-hmm. yeah that should have been a no contest i i me personally that's what yeah. i think but so it was yeah and then this one aljamain looked phenomenal you know yeah. what i mean i think a lot of people thought yawn was going to kind of run through him and well he is he's such a talented fighter but then you know aljamain did a great job his jujitsu is so good so yeah mm-hmm. you know he kept he was relentless with those takedowns. He kept, yeah. once he has his back and, you know, triangling the body, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Dude, he just, he was like a freaking snake on him. Yeah, no matter where he went, he had him under control. And I mean, three and a half minutes of ground control time between round two and round three is like, you could probably say one of those rounds were definitely 10-8. Yeah. Even if Jan said he won the first round mm-hmm. and maybe like four and five, it's just it's so it's close. Hard to say. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, you can't leave it up to the judges. Yeah. You know, there's such a discrepancy between the stand-up and the ground game between the two. It's like, who's going to fulfill the hole if they meet again, you yeah. know? You know, and it's tough with, like, you, you don't know what the, the judges are looking at, you yeah. know? And, and a lot of times, a lot of these judges for athletic commissions, they come from, like, boxing, boxing. background. Yeah. So it's like, if you look around who the judges are and you're like, okay, they, they judge boxing, boxing, oh, yeah. they're probably going to score boxing more. So if you're just yeah. standing up and you're using your jab and you're just jabbing them and stuff, but when... Maybe they don't understand like the, you know the, the ground game like the yeah. jiu-jitsu, the wrestling, like everything else. Like maybe they're not scoring it the way they would boxing. So you have to kind of be kind of uh, you just have to be aware of your surroundings and know kind of who's who's judging you. Even a lot of people don't look at that. But yeah, I think when I first started watching the sport in about two thousand nine, two thousand ten, you know there were only that's like what almost a decade, maybe two decades of the UFC going in. Well, we're almost at three decades now. And you think, like, they would have more refs that are watching the whole sport as a whole, not taking these guys from from boxing, because at this point, it's aggression, it's ground control. It's like, you know, it's not just the normal UFC fight that they want to see blood and banging. Like, these things are technical between ground control time and even, like, people putting damage from their back. Like, some of these things need to be addressed and seen as, like, Okay, they might they might look like they're dominated, but they might be having more control or like putting submissions, um, like yeah. attempting more submissions. So yeah, and and I think they need to have like a like a class or curriculum or yeah. something like that because it's just like it's their opinion, and, yeah. and a lot of them it's like people always say steal the round. So it's like the last thirty seconds, you throw some big punches, take them down, and then finish strong with some elbows, and they're like, oh, he won that round. That's like <laughs> yeah. the last thing in their mind that right. they see. They don't for, they don't 
remember that first four and a half minutes that the guy was dominating him. Yeah. So it's it's tough when you can just take someone down to steal the round. Like yeah. that doesn't make any mm -mm. sense. No. You know, and, and and I think maybe eventually they need to get some actual like like fighters. Like maybe you have a certain amount of pro yeah. fights or yeah. something, and then you can or a certain belt or takes yeah. some type yeah. of classes. So well, like, you know more about the sport. Yeah, like like Herb Dean, he's had like three fights, I think, yeah. before being a ref. So yeah. he's got a little bit of experience. And I know there might be controversy around like early stoppages and stuff around Herb Dean, yeah. but it, he's had experience in the cage. And I think yeah. that matters as well as with the refing point that I was making. I like when I was watching the sport early, I felt like there were a lot of robberies as far as decisions go. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it doesn't seem too much, but there is a lot of like discrepancy where you're like, can't leave it in the hands of the judges you know yeah and then what they score that and it yeah it's just yeah, yeah it, it's it's yeah. been bizarre yeah. but it is getting better and yeah. there, there are a lot of great refs too mm -hmm. you know like herb dean's one of them yeah mm -hmm. yeah okay so the next thing i wanted to ask was obviously we've seen volk to dominate korean zombie yesterday um and you know your name was brought up at the end of the cast Holloway was obviously going to be there, like third fight to happen there. But we've seen that fight stylistically. Um, we like at least the UFC fans know that your wrestling would almost be a non-factor for Volk. So between that, I mean Allen's in the mix and Holloway. Um, do you think you should be the next title contender against Volkanovski? And then. Well, I'll let you answer that first. And then yeah, no, no, I, I do. And it was so close before, like um, when Holloway and him were supposed to fight again and Holloway got injured, you mm -hmm. know, that's where it was the zombie and my name were kind of in that mix and they went with him. But it's mm -hmm. like, I think Volkanovski had the blueprint to beat Korean zombie. Like it, it went down, like Korean zombie, he's a great fighter. He's been in the sport for a long time. He has mm -hmm. power in his hands. He's, he's good at jujitsu, like everywhere. He's a well-rounded fighter. Mm -hmm. um, but it kind of went down how I thought it would go down just mm -hmm. because you think about Volkanovski beat Max Holloway. The first one was decisively. He he won. The second one was super close. Um, he beat Ortega. Look at the way he beat Ortega. It's mm -hmm. like, and then Max beat Ortega, Ortega beat zombie. And it's like styles make fights, but they're all similar, even though they're mm -hmm. completely different fighters. Mm -hmm. They're all tall, long um, fighters. And he's fought people like that. He's never fought anybody like me. The, the person that's like, most similar to, uh, I'd say my style would be my teammate and Fred Chad, Chad Mendez. Mm -hmm. You know, he fought him and Chad was doing really well against him, but he just, he got, he got tired and, you know, yeah. it was kind of, yeah, it just went down the way it did. But it's like, I think him and I match up perfect, you know, and stylistically yeah. everybody in front of me, um, and he's a champion, like, it's the best matchup for me, yeah. you know? I think it's the best, freshest fight that we would see him defend the title against with you. I think it makes the most sense. I would love to see it. Yeah, and he's, and he's fought, like, he's fought some of my teammates. He's fought, he has never lost in the UFC. He has mm -hmm. one loss in his entire career. Yeah. But it's like, you know, he, he he's powerful. He's good. He's the best, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I you know, I want that opportunity and then just to show people how good I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, with you having that goal of wearing that belt on your waist um, between, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Allen is so much in the mix. Like he had a really yeah. good win, but between, I think you and Holloway, would you take that title contender fight there where whoever wins that one would, would win the, uh, the fight, fight with Volkanovski? Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and they were actually trying to make that, that fight for us um, too, but for whatever reason, it just didn't finalize. And mm -hmm. um, I, I think, Max is just, he's going to, he was going to wait 
to see who won this because he's yeah. next in line. So I don't know what the UFC will do. Um, but it's like, I don't know if they, I, I'm assuming they'll do, you know, a Volkanovski Holloway three mm-hmm. um, because of the last fight. And then with Holloway, he fought, who did he fight? He fought Cater and yeah. then he fought Yair and he just continues to, you know, look better and better. Yeah. Um, and he's arguably one of the best featherweights of all time. But, yeah. you know, I, I still think just Volkanovski kind of, has has his number, his number yeah. you know but it's like but any anything anything can happen and, and holloway is such a great fighter that yeah, you you don't know it's like it, it's like any given day and and people expect this is another thing people don't think about it's like okay on on that particular day it's it's like we have one fight it's like we have to show up and be like on we have to be a hundred percent and a lot of times you're not yeah you know what i mean like there's so many like, factors like you i I've, i don't think i've ever gone into a fight a hundred percent you know dealing with other injuries or certain things and i've even Mm -hmm. gone into fights where it's like just don't feel good or from from like a a bad weight cut or Mm -hmm. it's like you know i remember one fight i was gonna walk out and i'm in the tunnel and i have like usually i'll try to like hype myself up and just like get myself ready to get hit so like i'll I'll hit myself a little like i had the worst like migraine like i couldn't even do anything and i'm thinking shit now i'm going out here to go get hit in the head i can't even do this it hurts so bad my my head was killing me and then i was walking out to go fight you know and then you just have a poker face and have to put on this like you know this this yeah just this this fake image or persona just because like oh yeah i feel great i feel the best but i'm yeah. like inside i'm like oh shit here we go <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. yeah you're not gonna say that obviously no not at all <laughs> and even when i'm cutting weight it's like no matter what it's like like i look like i look horrible you know if you see me before like the official weigh-ins it's like face sunken in like mm-hmm. i look bad yeah. but then like I'll never let anyone know that. So people are like, yeah. how you feel? Oh, the best I've ever felt. Best weight clips. Yeah. Like, man, you look like you're about to die. Like, oh, I feel so good. But inside, I, f- I feel like death, you yeah. know? But then afterwards, I feel great because I have the right team behind me and we get hydrated and fueled and ready to go. Yeah. yeah. That's like back to what we were saying, I think, before we were recording, but just about like on TV versus like real life. Like in a sense, you're like, I'm a whole ass human being <laughs> with yeah. needs and feelings and like hurt pain right but the tv and like people watching it expect this like superhuman out of you and in a way you have to project that otherwise you know people are going to come in thinking they're going to eat you alive yeah no and it's exactly like that it's just like i say fighting is i say it's like 80 percent mental you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it's like Mm -hmm. the fight itself it's it's, they're easy you know that the fights are easy like the training camp is hard the the cutting the weight it's like i'm going in every day for eight weeks i'm like sparring I'm, I'm running my body through hell like yeah. just breaking it down i'm in a calorie deficit like i feel like shit i'm not sleeping i'm doing all this stuff and then it's like after i make weight it's it's going back to what i was saying like that that sense of relief is lifted off i'm like ah now it's like now the easy part you know yeah. it's like the fun part the easy part it's just like i get to go out there and perform all like the preparation i put into my camp i get a show um but they're they're easy, you know. It's like yeah. compared to the training, I, I people don't see it like you're saying. We show up and they just think we show up and fight. Mm-hmm. They don't see any behind the scenes things, right. or when you're injured, like all the stuff you're going through to try to get back to a mm-hmm. high level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a wild it's it's, it's, a, it's a wild thing, but it's you know comes with it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think real quick that that what we we're kind of just talking about, like that realness of humanity, is what. I seek to expose on this podcast, like on this platform is just like 
you know, in society, we're so polarized. We're like, it's either this or it's that. Like the way that I see it is exactly how it is. And 99.9% of the time, that's just not it, right? Yeah, like we ever. miss so much gray area, so much nuance that's not being like portrayed or projected. But I think that's to our like humanity's detriment because yeah. we're like you were saying, like I go to the grocery store and people are like, what are you doing here? It's like, well, I eat food. Like yeah. <laughs> I sleep, I poop, I do all the things that humans do. Yeah. Um, but people like in their brain, it's like you're almost just a robot or something. Yeah. You know, and I think that that is something that we need. We society need to really like break through that barrier and expose like, look, we're all humans. You know, this is just a job like any other yeah. job. Um, especially nowadays, like jobs are just so unique and intricate that yeah. you, know, you can really make a name for yourself doing kind of anything at this point. So, um, I think it's important to, to talk about those things, right? Talk about yeah. the real shit that you go through that, um, people are like, oh, he just shows up perfect and ready to, to bang. It's like, no, <laughs> no, not at all. There's, There's so much. That. And, and it's just like going back to anyone, like any profession, it's like, yeah. you know, you just, <laughs> It's like it's like a teacher, you know, like they're, they're doing all their their planning and lesson planning before. And, you know, it's it's like they're not just I always say fighting is like a full time job with overtime when I'm in a camp. Um, but it's like everyone is doing the same thing. It's like work, work, work. But it's we're just under like a, a magnifying glass, right. you know, and it's out there. But it's like you guys work just as hard, if not harder, you know, mm -hmm. than all of us, you know, it's just, yeah. it is just, you have to, they're just regular people. And that's like with any, any profession, you know, yeah. or any, any like people that I guess are just on TV or in any like sports league, like the majority of the people there, they're awesome people. If you just, just talk to them, they're just right. Like people, <laughs> they, they are. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Not expecting this like superhumanness out of them, like celebrity culture, for instance, like the word celebrity is like kind of cringy, but just the fact that there's these people that were like, oh, they're up here in this castle. Yeah, not at all. They don't do these things. It's like, no, they do all the things. But then they have this added pressure of like the scrutiny of weird projections that society puts on them. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, in my opinion, we need to dismantle. Because I know, it's, but it's tough. And it, yeah. it's like, who knows? I, I don't know if it'll ever right? go away, you know, but we'll yeah. see. it'd be nice if it would. We'll see. That's mm -hmm. we're, um, we're doing our part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. For sure. Exactly. Um, the last thing I have on just like the UFC aspect and, and like stylistic matchups. So, you know, um, Figueredo and Moreno, we've seen them clash and battle and it looks like, you know, the draw one, 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 you know, might be another fourth fight. Who knows the first time we've ever seen it. When we look at, um, Holloway and Volkanovsky, do you think that they match stylistically like Figueroa Moreno? I know like Volkanovski has two wins over him and it looks like, you know, I think I think financially they might make that fight for the hype and that one wouldn't, wouldn't make sense, but I also think like stylistically in the fresher fight would be you. Um, what do you think between Holloway and Vol Volkanovski maybe matches up with Figueroa Moreno type of thing? Yeah, no, it could and it's like, you know, Max was such a great champ and he's a good person and mm -hmm. um it was just because, like, obviously, like I said, the first one, I, I thought he decisively won, like, four to one mm -hmm. on the on the, um, the rounds. And then the last one was so close. And a lot of people think Holloway won. You know, mm -hmm. it was just – it was such a close fight. So, it's like I feel like they – Max deserves it. You know, there's nobody that could beat him besides Volkanovski mm -hmm. uh, and, and the controversy from mm -hmm. the last one, like I said. But, yeah, it, they could go on. And, and, and who knows what happens. Say they do make the third fight, mm -hmm. the trilogy, and Max beats him, and then yeah. does Volkanovski get an immediate title shot, and they do 
you know, the, the fourth fight, like, yeah. you know, cause, uh, Moreno and Figueredo, they, they've already fought three. And like you said, yeah. we're talking about the fourth one. So I, I, I could see it, you know, yeah. like I could definitely see it happening. Yeah. We just, we've never seen it. And, um, when you see guys like that, that, um, perform at the high caliber like that, and they're constantly clashing, they look so close. It's like, it's very interesting to see, you know? Um, so I, I just wanted your take on yeah, that. And that's too. where it can, it, it can go. Like what I'm saying, like, the, the guys are like some of the best guys in the world. And then maybe one of them was just like not a hundred percent that day. And yeah. so he got the better of him and then yeah. it, it goes back and forth. It's yeah. like on any given day, but that's like anyone in the, I feel like the top 10, the top 15, yeah. any, anyone could be a champion on their best day. And maybe yes. the champion isn't ha he's having an off day, but then it's like nine out of 10 times this guy beats him yeah. and it's how styles make fights. It's, it's just like, you know, I wrestled and growing up that way, it's, it's the same type of thing. So it's like, you know, it's like, I can beat this guy, but I can't beat him. But then the guy that, like, I beat, beats the guy I can't. It's just, it's so weird yeah. how that works mm -hmm. out. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, every time I beat him, but I can't, yeah. And it's the same thing, I, I think, with with, with fighting and, and, and stuff like that. But it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I got you. I kind of want to switch gears um, for my final question. Um, so, would you consider yourself an entrepreneur? And if so... What has that journey been like for you? Yeah, no, no, I would say so. I, um, you know, I would love to, and I can follow in like people that mentor me and, um, like one of my best friends, Johnny, um, Perez, Brandon Brasi, those are big mentors to me. And they're, they're like, uh, my friend Brandon's like a serial entrepreneur and yeah, he, he's it. given me some, um, you know, opportunities. So it's like vibe health bar. I'm like a, you know, part owner in that, um, the cat floats in Auburn, you know, my minor shareholder in that too, you know, nothing big, but, uh, you know, I used to have my own CrossFit gym, um, you know, for I like about like six, seven years. Um, and, and that's what helped me to, to continue this, um, dream I've been chasing, Yeah, you know, um, because I was able to, you know, train full time and then I would schedule classes in between and, and personal training. I would yeah. do that so I could continue to do this. Um, and I've had going back to like my group of friends that have helped me through everything. Like, so I could pursue this. Like when I graduated college in 2010, my friend, uh, Johnny and Felice, they let my wife and I move into their house. We didn't pay any rent. We didn't do wow. anything because he Amazing. saw, he knew what I could do. And he's like, I want you to pursue this. He, he was playing football and he had the same type of thing. Like, um, his father passed away. He was playing, um, college football and he came, he left college to come home and take care of his sister. Um, the, he was, he was, he started the two guys under him, both made it to the NFL. Wow. So I, he, he's a humble guy. He would be playing in the NFL. Um, I think since not that he, he, he loves his life, loves his career, everything like that, but it's like, he maybe had missed opportunity and he didn't want that to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So he just said, yeah, I want you to pursue this till you can get there. So like they, they took care of everything. So, and, and I was working in a group home at that time too. So I would work like these 12, 13 hour shifts on Saturday, Sunday, just so I could train full time, you yeah. know? And it's wow. like, yeah, it's, um, but what was, I'm sorry. What was no, the No, it's okay. I, I was I, just, I, no, I have a follow up too. It's just, um, in regards to entrepreneurship, oh, yeah, like yeah. would to follow up other younger fighters to kind of use, and kind of identify like different, you know, interests or um, talents that they have to plant seeds entrepreneurially um, so that they can be supported while they're fighting. Like we brought up Chris Holdsworth mm -hmm. um, when we were off camera. 
Um, we could talk about him or even like opening up his um, academy, mm-hmm. you know, like would I'm assuming you would encourage. Yeah, no, no, 100 percent. And it's all about like the, your network, your relationships and, you know, just being a good person. If like yeah. maybe people give you opportunities to invest in things like my, my friend Brandon did. And it's um, but but I, I would like to do multiple things. And it's like, OK, I'm an independent contractor. I'm my own business. I, um you know, like you got to hustle. I had like a side hustle when I was on the regional scene, just yeah. selling shirts and doing like every little thing I could just to make a little extra cash. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like Chris Holdsworth, he just opened his own um, Chris Holdsworth Academy. It's in Orangeville on um, Hazel and Greenback. And he, he's a he's a great instructor, great, you know, just athlete all around and a good guy. Like he, he had a lot of vertigo issues, too. That's why he stopped fighting. You mm. know, he um he won the ultimate fighter. He yep. was like a phenom in jujitsu. Um, he was undefeated in the UFC, but then he had vertigo issues, kind of like what I had. And he's one of the main people like when I was, and I wouldn't have told anyone this, but I was, I was still having these symptoms and I was like, I need to fight. I need to get paid, you know, yeah. even though I'm not feeling good. So I was going to do it. And he told me, he said, please don't take this fight. He says, I had the same, you know, issues maybe, if, but I, I, he took another fight and he had concussion on top of concussion. And he's yeah. like, maybe if I didn't take that last one, I wouldn't have had like this long lingering stuff. And he's like, I'm still suffering it from it like six, seven years later. So wow. this particular one, he's like, just hold off. And like, I, I listened to him again. Yeah. So I just, I, I didn't do it. And then, um, you know, things got better. And then I, I, I proceeded to come back, but I would, he'd be, I think he'd be a world champion. I've Absolutely. said it before. Like, yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Like, Phenomenal. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but it's a slippery slope, you know, with, like, the injuries. Like, I think a lot of people, again, they watch the UFC because they want to see, like, bloodshed and, like, <laughs> this entertaining fight. But it's, like, these are real humans that are putting their life on the line, literally. Yeah. And what you're saying is an attest- a testament to that because it's, like, can you imagine, like, obviously not you. I'm not asking you this. No, but, like, the listener, can you imagine, like, being um, in a profession where, like, one 15-minute bout could make – the rest seven years the next seven years of your life like challenging like i don't know if people have had vertigo before but it's like it affects everything you yeah, know it's bad and, and i've even seen one of our guys used to train with us Devin. he was uh and i was at practice he was he was a great athlete he was it was one of our wrestling practices he got into a weird scramble and paralyzed he was quadruple oh. like right in front of me Ugh. um and then like that was another thing it's like changed his entire life you know he was they were going to say he was going to be quadriplegic but then he kept working and working now he's he's just you know he's paralyzed but he can he can you know operate everything else but he's from his waist down he's you know he's paralyzed and it's like and that happened like nine ten years ago so it's uh it's wild even like you talking about that my my wife always says so she's always watching like she's not a fan of the sport but she supports me of course they don't like (laughs) fighting just because everything that goes on and politics and stuff but um like when there's big knockouts and everyone just wants to see these crazy bloody fights or these big knockouts, mm-hmm. she's always thinking like that person on the floor that got knocked out, they have, you know, whether a wife or husband, yeah. a mother, father, or siblings, you know, so she's always thinking from like the outside, like right. what's going on. And you got these, these crazy people just going ape shit, you Ooh-wing. know, but, but it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's, but she's always just like looking at it from that, that side. Yeah. And like when I fight, I'm always hoping that, you know, my opponent and I, we, we both leave injury free, somewhat healthy, can go home to our, our family, you know. Right. But at the end of the day, when it's when I have to pick between him or I, like I'm I'm choosing myself. Of course, every of course. Time, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
they have those scary uh those scary injuries like that that one fight that Araya hall had during the ultimate fighter oh yeah and he had that spinning head knockout and he like he was like yeah i won and then looked at him and you just see the guy like heaving on the floor where you're yeah. like oh man i hope he's good you know that yes. type of stuff yeah it's like it's, bad. Yeah. it's a balance between being competitive and being like a compassionate human for sure yeah 100 no, yeah, yeah that's that's one thing that i get really triggered by when i'm watching last night was like an, a good example everyone's like booing when it's on the ground first of all a lot of times there's very technical things happening here mm -hmm. that you're booing i'm like do you get what's happening right now but also like you're booing people for not putting their lives on the line like your wife is concerned about it's like it's a very valid concern especially as your wife of course she's gonna see yeah. it that way um but i just like i would love for people to kind of see the humanity a bit more so they're not so like blood hungry obviously we want like an entertaining yeah, fight but but just like recognizing that these are human beings that have lives and dreams that they yeah. like to pursue. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's tough after some of the fights too. It's like, like people don't see that again, going back yeah. to that. It's like, I've been just laying it like everything hurts. Like, it's not just, it, it's crazy. It's like you got into a car accident oh, and I your car is flipping over yeah. and you just like every little like, yeah, piece of your body, literally from your toes to your head yeah. is it just hurts and it takes like a week to kind of recover if you go through like a crazy war there's been some fights where i'm like i get down I'm like oh, i didn't even feel like i fought i fought you know like my sparring session on wednesdays was much harder than yeah. that fight yeah but, but there are those those times where it's like oh man you just need to i just want to sleep in an ice bath or something you know yeah, yeah. and you said the last about a week of that like sometimes just depends excruciating like excruciating pain uh, when i fought burgos and i had besides my knee being completely blown out everything else was just same Fresh. type of thing i just i was laying in bed i was like oh, I can't. Uh oh it was so painful like even when you oh, laugh gosh. talk move like yeah everything hurts yeah, yeah whole <laughs> yeah. ass human over here <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like just bad i can't imagine yeah. your wife's uh, as a woman too yeah. just like watching you go through that afterwards and recovering like that's got to be hard too yes yeah, it's, it's tough and like i said you know we don't have any kids yet but it's like i want to want my kids doing that you know what i mean like right. it's uh I don't know. yeah it comes with the price mm -hmm. <laughs> that sure. talk before. yeah well anymore uh, no um I, I did have one thing because you come from collegiate wrestling and we know that's your strength, but you're also a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And my understanding is I know black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu takes years. And I know, I think BJ Penn got us in like two, but I've heard like the standards like 10. So um, what has been that kind of like integration between the wrestling and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for you? And what do you, what is your path like? like going forward from here like yeah so i so i come from a wrestling background and I, and I feel like i could you know i feel like i could go out there and wrestle these people but then like we were saying it's not like what a lot of people want to see so i i i aim to be like entertaining and mm -hmm. i feel like I, I got to where i'm at you know faster than most and just because of like the knockouts and me knowing what people want to see mm -hmm. um but 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 I, I love wrestling. I love jujitsu. Um, I'm only a purple belt just because I haven't really done the gi a whole lot. You oh. know, just because I'm always like I, I was a white belt. Obviously, you started white belt. Um, yeah. I wanted to do world, so I was doing some you know classes in a gi, mm -hmm. um, just so I could get belted to a you know a blue belt because there is no um, white belt. You can't do like the the jujitsu world championship. So I got promoted. So I could do, it was my first and only jujitsu tournament I've ever done, you know, mm -hmm. and then I, I went in there and won that. And it's like a big accomplishment to a lot of, you know, people, but I was, I come from a wrestling background. So I was like, oh, it's like an easy wrestling, mm -hmm. uh, you know, tournament. 
um, just relying on that. But I think like after I'm done with fighting, I, I definitely want to put more time in the gi and it would be, it'd be awesome to like get a black belt. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I want to, you know, I'll still continue to work out and maybe hit mitts. I just won't like spar, you know, after my, my career is done, but yeah. maybe I'll focus more time on the jujitsu and just kind of a, accomplish something like that. But I hope it doesn't take me a, it, it is a long time. It yeah. depends how active you are and how often you're going. Right. Yeah. So, but if you're under any type of like, you know, like really good jujitsu instructor, like they're going to do the old traditional way. You have to be in the gi, you have to be doing this, but you'll see like new ways. People are like belting people out and there there's black belts that certain, you know, people are like, how is that guy a black belt? But yeah. um, it just depends who you're, who you're under. Yeah. Know? So that, that, that'll be exciting for me or fun, you know? For sure. I mean, it's definitely a more sustainable <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, skill. And but art. even that, it's like everything hurts, like with the gi, because you're doing all the grips, and I always mess up my my fingers and hands, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, it's a, yeah, it's a tough sport. <laughs> gotcha. Even that, even though I won't be getting punched, but yeah. there's so many things that yeah, you the, still like tweak and, and like yeah. injure. I'm like, I kind of want to stay away from stuff, <laughs> but I, I know I'll do that. Yeah. For sure. Solid. Do you feel complete? I'm good. Awesome. I think that 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 is it. Um, thank you so much for coming here. Yeah, it's super good to like, you know, we do our own research a lot, obviously, to listening to other podcasts or watching what is put out there on TV, watching your fights. But it's a whole nother thing to like really get to know who you are. And that's that's the focus that we're all about. It's just getting to know like the depths of humans and, um, you know, what makes them tick, what got them to where they are. And you were such a clear example of that. Um, somebody who's like humble and just willing to kind of express those things. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks um, for having me on you guys. Of course. Where can everybody find you that's listening? Um, they can go. I have a um, Instagram and Twitter. It's Josh Emmett UFC. Um, everything that I support is also on my website, Josh Awesome. So uh, people can check that out, find my social media and stuff yeah. like that if, if they want. Perfect. And my Instagram is at Kira Louise Lane. So it's C-I-A-R-A-L-O-U-I-S-E-L-A-N-E. -E. And mine is ain't worried about Nathan right now. So, <laughs> Spell uh, it out real quick. That's a, that's a tribute to uh, Sonny B, a.k.a. Bryn Sykes. A-I-N-T-W-O-R-R-I-E-D-A-B-O-U-T-N-A-T-H-A-N. I need to change that. It's a little too long, but it's it's fun. It's a little quirky and witty. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah.